Hello, I'm Joe. And TJ. We are the Schoolhouse 302, and we are excited to bring you our 302 thoughts for this month's focus. Um, really, TJ, which has been focused on the pandemic. The, you know, a lot of what's going on with uh, social injustice um, in America and what people have started to call the dual pandemics. But we took a different approach this month. We started thinking about change in education, reform, and we started to wonder, you know what? What would John Dewey think? I I'm not sure, but John Dewey may be the most quoted signature line person in education. I see very often John Dewey quotes below people's names. I don't know if that's true, like he's the most, um, but I thought, you know, why not? People love John Dewey. He's heralded as an education reformer, um, you know, a psychologist, um, but has made a huge impact in many ways. Um, so let's dig in a little bit in this 302 thoughts. Let's talk a little bit about um, John Dewey this month's focus, the whole idea of change um, in, in, our, in our schools, but also what that means for the future. And we tried to build that in for this month. TJ? Yeah, it truly is a mindset to embrace change, to accept a changing atmosphere, to experience that with the will to uh, find something new to innovate. And actually, Dewey, as a philosopher, um, found that that actually helped us with our own happiness uh, within the culture of our organization and within our lives because we can feel ourselves growing and experiencing new events. And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of, of bad, obviously, that came out of COVID. But when we ask the question, what would John Dewey think? You know, we have to include the fact that all of the good that came from it in terms of what we learned as educators and some of the new practices and new mentalities we have and the support that we're putting in place for kids, even the financial support, which we're going to write about next month, um, really is something that we can experience and hopefully find joy within uh, amongst such a difficult time. And so I, I, I love the stuff with Dewey because he was, so, he was just a reformist. He was an innovative thinker. He was a philosopher. And he really did look um, into the future of education. It's amazing that some of the things he was talking about um, when, he was, when he was in the 30s are things that we're still, in many ways, looking to implement today. Um, and a lot of what we saw during COVID in terms of the student-centered part of the work that he pushed what do you think about that, Joe? No, I agree. And I, you know, what's funny is if you read experience and education, which a lot of people attribute, and now he was a very prolific writer. So let's establish that. Um, you could commit years to reading his work. That said, experience and education, and we featured how we think, um, one, they're not that that large of reads. They are deep, though. Um, we loved it for that reason. A lot of times we are thinking, all right, what should we do? What should we do? What should we do? What strategy? What action? What program? And in education, we become such solvers that I think that we sometimes miss like, okay, yeah, that's a good vehicle that's going to help kids read. But 
what does this mean for the whole child? Yeah, we are we also building the disposition of I love reading. And so that I think is what is incredible about doing this whole notion of whole child. And it's really interesting because when you get into his work, you could argue that he wrote it like two months ago. I mean, that's the bizarre thing. So we talk about a reformer, also someone who was uh, right there um, with his thinking as a very progressive thinker. So some of the claims we brought through, I just want to make one very clear because I think it's incredible for our listeners to recognize one claim that we made is there is no doubt that schools have become the central hubs of our communities. And we have seen this from us delivering food to or setting up, you know, centers for food, even wellness centers that continue to operate. You know, schools are the central point for other organizations to get in contact with families. And I think if we go back centuries, there were a lot of other ways in which to connect with families. But now schools emerge specifically during the pandemic as the place. And I think it's also a really opportune time for us as educators, for us within the community, business um, owners, and then those like in roundtables and so on that I know truly want to build connections and partnerships um, with schools, other organizations, nonprofits, and even our legislature um, to recognize, look, what can we do more in schools? Not that educators will do, because a lot of what's happening now is it's falling on the educators. We're saying now as a system, as an educational system, how could we start using that as a delivery or a mode and build it more as an organizational powerhouse within the community? I think that's something we have to recognize um, because even right now, you know, when, when students are struggling and so on, we outsource a lot of that work. What if we were able to have that within our school community and maybe not within each school, but within each district? and share resources for some of those needs rather than always going third party, build these memorandums of understanding and focus on some of the trauma, some of the social emotional that we need to wrestle with with our students as we seek to re-engage them um, in the fall. So that's just something that I'm really focused on lately. And I think that's something with Dewey, with the support, the opportunity and the engagement um, from the, the little bit that I understand of his world, and I would say it's, it's that much, um, I think that's something that we have to recognize as a community, um, as reform thinkers, um, and really make a difference for our students. Yeah, that's really important. Um, you know, we always like to leave our uh, listeners with a technical tip. And so I'm going to hit something here is that, you know, I, the concept of doing inventory, I don't know that that's uh, deeply ingrained enough in educators and educational leadership, but we can do an inventory of the community supports, the places that we send our, our students, our families who are in need, create that inventory of all of the services that we connect kids with and make sure that that's at the forefront of either posting that for families 
we're having it in our guidance counseling office offices, our school counselor offices, and just making sure we do an inventory. Another inventory we can do are the school services that we provide. Maybe it's the after school activities. Are we hitting enough um, activities for all kids? And it may be an inventory of the kids. Who's participating in those activities? We want them to participate, um, to spend time. That is how we build an environment for the whole child, for the family, to create that hub that that Joe talked about. And so hopefully you got something from our 302 thoughts here on our One Thing series. We'll be back um, next month. We always appreciate a like, a follow, a share to a friend. And don't forget to connect with us at the schoolhouse302.com. And now a word from our sponsors. Hey, Joe, you know what leaders need these days? What's that, TJ? Sleep. A good night's rest, self-care. We've heard it over and over and over again from our guests on the podcast that you can't pour from an empty cup. Leaders need sleep. One of the number one ways you can replenish yourself and lead better is a good night's sleep. I hear you, but you know what? I'm so tired. I don't even like thinking about, you know, getting a good night's sleep. But, you know, do tell, how do we go about getting better sleep? Well, I think that's part of your problem is you need a better bed. It always starts with the bed. That's why we recommend Ghost Bed, our sponsor with 30,000 plus five-star reviews. Their patented sleep and cooling technology gets you to sleep faster and longer than any other bed. That's right. And their handcrafted mattresses come with a hundred and one night at home sleep trial and a two times the industry standard warranty. They're absolutely certain that their beds will work for you. And with free shipping within 24 hours of your purchase, it's fantastic uh, support from the company. And guess what? Just for being a listener at the Schoolhouse 302, you get 30% off with the use of our code SH302 at checkout. You go to ghostbed.com. You get some sleep so that you can lead better and grow faster. You use SH302 at checkout. Absolutely. And last thing, even if you don't need a bed, you're thinking, wow, I would love to try out Ghost Bed, but I just bought a bed. Refer someone else for a bed at ghostbed.com. You'll get a hundred bucks for helping someone else get a good night's rest. Wow, that's 30% off with SH302 code at ghostbed.com. A hundred bucks for your referral if you get somebody else a good night's sleep. Better sleep for you, better leadership. Ghostbed.com, you can't beat it. Ghostbed.com.